Hello and welcome to Hari Cuts. I'm Hari Stephen Kumar and this is The Long View, week one. Yes, today is Wednesday, October 28th. One week to go, just six days left in the election of our lifetimes. And in this series of episodes, I bring you stories of everyday people just like you and me volunteering our hearts out to defeat Trump in this election. In this episode, I'm going to be joined by special guests, and I have a special announcement. Today, I'm joined by not one, not two, but three fellow phone bank trainers, Nancy, Nimat, and Sherry. And we're going to be diving into the joys and travails of training phone banks, especially first-time phone bankers, and uh, equipping them with the skills they need and the confidence they need to be actually able to make these phone calls to voters in these crucial swing states. And I have a special announcement. Next week, I will actually be in Wisconsin as an election observer. Last week, I signed up and I got trained by the Wisconsin Democrats to be an election night poll observer. So I will be serving in Wisconsin on election night, observing the counting of absentee ballots as they come in. And I will be there all night until whenever the ballots are counted. And I will be podcasting during my trip. I'm going to be driving out there uh, a thousand miles and more back and forth. Um, And so starting Saturday, I'll be recording short podcast episodes every day on my drive and during my stay out in Wisconsin. So stay tuned for that. You can also follow along on my Instagram page, instagram.com slash Hari Tell a Story, because I'll also be posting video from uh, during the trip. Okay, now, without further ado, let's dive in and meet Nancy, Nimath, and Sherry. Oniva. So, hello and welcome to Hari Cuts. Welcome to Longview, y'all. Uh, I'm joined today by three amazing, badass trainers, uh, Nancy, uh, Nimath, and Sherry in alphabetical order. Uh, hello, everybody. Hi! Hi. <laughs> so glad to have you all on board. This is the special sort of trainers, uh, you know, back chatter, back the trainers lounge. Uh, it's been really fun to get to know each of you and to work with each of you. But uh, for the dozens of listeners of Harry Cuts, um, let's let's introduce ourselves. Nancy, uh, do you want to say a little bit about about yourself? Sure. Nancy, uh, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, I am a trainer by day and now, thanks to the uh, Swing Left Greater Boston trainer by night as well. Uh, I am an owner in, in a consulting firm that works with companies to improve their employees' performance, so we develop a lot of custom training, and I also deliver uh, a, a continuing education classes through a local university. Oh, that's fantastic. Thanks, Nancy. Nima? Hi, I'm Nimat. Uh, daytime, I'm a uh, process coach and mentor for engineering teams and leadership coach. I work at a, a tech company, um, which is a music stream company known as Spotify. So I live in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And of course, um, now I'm involved with Swing Left Boston and I'm a trainer for uh, during weekdays uh, at night and evening. Yeah, all, all the time. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And uh, uh, Sherry. Hey, so I'm Sherry. I am based in Uxbridge, Massachusetts, which is a little town you've never heard of. I work for the same software company that Hari does. 
but my role is primarily focused on the web. I consider myself primarily a communication person, and I actually do a lot of mentoring with Speechcraft for people. So I've been a longtime Toastmaster. I've mentored lots of people for uh, increasing their speaking ability. And so there was sort of this natural transition from from that to helping people make phone calls. I've been doing uh, what we're calling phone banking 101 for people who are a little trepidatious about getting started, not sure how to get started. So I don't actually lead into a full phone bank with my training, but I give everyone the ropes to make them comfortable to sign up. That's really, really cool. And so you you are involved with the Swing Left uh, Michigan Michigan, yep. Michigan group. Yep. So you're 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 training people uh, on new new people to phone banking in Michigan. Um, and then uh, myself and Nancy and Nima are focused on Wisconsin. So, and that's how the four of us uh, uh, kind of uh, gathered together as the the cohort of Swing Left Boston trainers, specifically the the Michigan and the Wisconsin crew. Um, so, so let me ask you then, um, uh, why why did you get into phone bank training and and kind of how? So let's start with you, Sherry, and we'll. Go, so it's, all it's all Harry's fault. He <laughs> thought I would be a, a wonderful phone bank trainer. I don't know if I am, but through a series of connections, I was connected with the Swing Left Michigan team. And the interesting thing about the group I've been working with in Michigan is um, we're not doing the phone banks ourselves. We're shadowing, we're calling it. So we're trying to get more people into Michigan phone banks to help the cause. So rather than flood with you know too many options, it's really about focusing people into the right ones. But what we were finding through doing that was there was a lot of confusion that people were encountering. And I actually found it very confusing myself. So I said, hey, you know, I think you're losing people because they don't know where to start. They don't know that they didn't actually sign up. They only RSVP'd. They don't know to check their spam folder. You know, So there was a lot of people who weren't following through because they didn't have the right information about even how to get into a phone bank. And so that was really where I kind of came in as a person who had never phone banked before, by the way. Uh, I, I, was, I had literally done it for two weeks before I started training people, but it was really uh, to come at it from the perspective of what you don't know. So I think sometimes with longstanding volunteers, they forget what it's like to come into something brand new. And a lot of people, this is their first run with activism, right? Because of the nature of this election, myself included. And so I think there's, you know, that that lack of empathy for the newbie who doesn't know what they don't know. And so that was kind of the role that I was trying to, to fill. That's that's really awesome, um, and it really makes such a big difference for people who are brand new to phone banking. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has. Yeah. So, uh, Nimat, why did you get into training phone banks? Like, you know, you know, all of us, the four of us, we're not professional paid. We're not paid by Swing Left. We're not paid to do training for phone banking. We could have just chosen to just pick up the phone and be regular phone bankers. So, why did you get into phone bank training? So saying this is my first year, uh, first time ever, right? Uh, uh, being part of some sort of action because I was stressed out and it's like, you know what? Rather than stressing out, reading the news and cursing, I'd rather do something. So I start, uh, joined Phone Bank, um, I think around June this year. So I, I was uh, not with Swing Left. I actually started with um, 
both Save America with them. And then the timings, uh, I was focused on North Carolina, then the timing didn't work out for me. So through different avenues, I started volunteering for Swing Left because the timing of the sessions worked for me, especially for Wisconsin. And I'm Wisconsin is similar, it's a swing state and it needs help. So I was participating in the phone banks. And then um, one day I got an uh, email uh, from Steve. So, hey, uh, we need more people uh, conducting the training or helping with the training. So we had a phone chat and then that's how I became a trainer because um, because of my job, I'm used to speaking in a group of with a group of people, but not this is not my core skill, but still I'm used to. And of course, I didn't know anything about this domain. So, uh, but Harry, Harry and Steve helped me a lot. So, main thing is I wanted to do something. I wanted to get uh, contribute to getting Trump Trump out of this uh, White House. So, yeah, yeah. And, and and doing in more ways than just making calls yourself. Exactly, um, and don don't, yeah, donating and this like the, what are the other ways I can help? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, uh, Nancy. So uh, why did you get into phone bank training? So it's so funny that we all had the same story that we were not activists before this election, um, and but just needed to do something. So I actually signed up to phone bank here in Georgia. Uh, and I oh, attended the training, and I did one night of phone banking. I did that night of phone banking, and I did it one other night. And then I happened to speak to my dear, dear colleague who lives in Lincoln, Mass., and I was telling her about this phone banking that I had done, and she said, oh, my husband's doing phone banking for Swing Bank, Swing Left Greater Boston. I said, oh, that's great. So we just kind of had that touch. The next day, her husband sends me this email that says, Swing Left is looking for professional trainers. Do you want to do this? And, um, and you know, it felt so good to be able to take my professional skills and apply them to the activism. Because honestly, I, I don't think I was a spectacular phone banker. <laughs> I'm not only one person making phone bank calls, right? But this way, if we can train a handful of people every week and put more and more and more people on the on the phones then then i could have a much bigger impact than just me picking up the phone and that is what i loved yeah that that is uh that is such a powerful thing you know <laughs> i love that you, you you tried phone banking and you're like you know i'm not really that effective as a phone banker you know what i'm gonna <laughs> scale a bunch of other people <laughs> <laughs> to be just as ineffective as I am. <laughs> the people we're training, like they have great personalities for phone banking. I'm a little, I'm so funny. I'm just a little afraid of talking to people. I, when it comes to that sort of thing, like I just, I don't know. I, I, I have done some phone banking. I just, me and I just the other night jumped on because it was quiet. So we went ahead and did it. And, and it feels good to do it, but it feels better to train. That's just yes. my yes. Zone. That's yes. yes, yes, absolutely, and that that resonates a lot with me. Um, and the other point you made, I think it's it's a it's a good thing to point out to people because um, I don't think I've done this in the, uh, the the whole point of this long view is this is these are stories of everyday people just like you and me uh, who are not professional activists, um, you know, and um, uh, like like all of you. Uh, I too, you know, ten weeks ago, um, I have a regular day job. I work in the in the tech world. Uh, 
even worse, I work in sales in the tech world. Uh, and, um, you know, this, this wasn't, it just wasn't like a thing for me to, to be involved in, and do a lot of activism. Um, and uh, for me, this, my story of why I got into phone banking was, um, it really was one of those things, like Nimas was saying, I remember uh, late July, early August, really feeling depressed and down and and really wondering uh, what to do. And I, I heard a podcast episode, Vote Save America, uh, a Pod Save America that, that was talking about Votes Save America and felt like, okay, I got to do something. Let me just jump in and do some phone calls. And and what happened is that Swing left uh, Boston. I looked online and I, I, I actually wanted to adopt Florida. Um, and so I went into Swing Left Boston and found the Florida group and and clicked on a form and and, and submitted it. And um, within an hour, this was like, it was a, uh, I believe it was like a Tuesday morning um, around about nine o'clock when I did this. Within about an hour, I got two emails from two different people as part of Swing Left. And they clearly were using the same email template. Um, but these are basically two people who are monitoring the email that, where the forms come in. And the, base, the email basically said, hey, thank you for your submission. We'll plug you in. And there was just this one little line at the very top of the email saying, oh, by the way, Beyond phone banks, um, you know, is there any other way that you'd like to contribute your time, uh, such as training, organizing, um, project management skills, uh, leadership skills, uh, uh, or technology savvy? And the first one was training. And that's when the light bulb went off for me. It's like, oh, wait, I'm a professional trainer. Um, and, and because of the pandemic, I haven't had a chance to actually do training very much. Um, and this insight that you had, Nancy, flashed. It's like, whoa, if I can train a whole bunch of people, I can have a bigger impact. Um, and so I replied back saying, you know what? Actually, I, I am a professional trainer. I really enjoyed putting together trainings. If there's any way that I could help with that, just let me know. Within 30 minutes, um, the, the person I, I responded to, uh, I, I get a, a copy of an email. This person basically just forwarded my answer to... Uh, Lisa Zankman, uh, 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 who is like the organizer brains behind Swing Left, uh, and simply just copied me on that forward. Um, five minutes later, I get an email from Lisa copying Steve saying, uh, uh, Hari, uh, welcome aboard. Um, we would love to have you as a trainer. I just got off the phone with Steve, who has a need for trainers for Wisconsin. Would you be? Would this be something you'd be interested in? I wrote back, you know, this is now just less than two hours from me clicking on the form. I wrote back saying, absolutely, you know, let me know how it can help. By noon that day, Steve has emailed me and set up a Zoom call for that afternoon. And I get on the call with Steve and Steve tells me, we've got one phone bank for Wisconsin. We're just starting a second, but we're constrained because neither Ben or I really are good at training. We need some help to scale these phone banks. And so Steve had this vision of scaling phone banks to you know, he wanted to do one phone bank every day. So that was his why. And that was my why of like, why I want to get into this is I want to help people like Steve and Ben scale these phone banks. Um, and so here we are, seven phone banks a week for, for Swing Left Wisconsin. Uh, and a big part of that is because Nancy and Nima joined us and helped train, you know, so we now have this sort of like training crew uh, that I, I'm just incredibly proud of all the work that, that you all have done. Um, but the story is not over because this is about, you know, it's, it's, why are we, why, what's, what's the big why is 
being able to put our efforts as just everyday people with day jobs, the activism is not the thing we're being paid for, but doing anything and everything we can to defeat Trump in this election. So given that, this whole episode is about the joys and travails of those of us who do training of phone banks. And I thought it would be kind of fun to kind of transition now into two different segments. A lot of people who are listening to this, uh, you know, uh, might have been phone bankers and they may not know like what all goes behind the scenes of what it takes to train people. So let's switch gears a little bit and let's go into um, what is a phone bank training session anyway? And how does that come together? So this is going to be like the little transition music we'll play here. Uh, the uh, the music for my episodes, by the way, uh, it's actually royalty free music from a, a UK based uh, group called Purple Planet, uh, huh. and and the particular song is a song called The Long View. Um, oh, yeah. nice! Yeah, and it's an instrumental song, and and um, and what I've done is I've uh, the song kind of builds slowly, and then like drums come in, and then it it crescendos, and then it it tails off. Um, and in the middle, there's a little bit of like a jazzy interlude. So what I've done is I've like spliced different pieces of that song. And so I used each, the different pieces of that song as the transition music for oh. the different segments of the episode. So you you basically listen to the you you listen to the entire song during the course of the episode, but in pieces as the oh. as the transition. Oh, that's cool. Um, so the, the music is now tailing off and, and here it'll be coming. Okay, so let's get into what is a phone bank training session and, and how does it all work? So uh, the, the quick overview is that typically if, if you're calling, if you've decided to join a phone bank, so you click on the sign up thing and you get a link uh, saying, hey, the phone bank session is such and such, here's a Zoom link for you. And you join the Zoom link session. So from the perspective of you as a regular person just doing a phone bank, you would join this session. The Zoom session would open up. Uh, you would see a whole bunch of people. And then the phone bank host will, will usually give a few welcoming remarks um, and, and then usually ask uh, for new people to go into a training session. There'll, there'll be a few updates that the, the host might give to everybody else. You might hear people who've been who are experienced phone bankers ask the host a whole bunch of questions, and you might be like, well, what are they talking about? But at some point, you'll be taken into a separate breakout session where a phone bank trainer will guide you through how to do the phone banks for that particular phone bank session. And then based on uh, uh, what's about to happen, you will dive in and make calls right away. Uh, some phone banks, some groups, what they do is they set up just a special training session, and then you can go to any phone bank session afterward. You wouldn't jump in and make calls right away, but you could then say, I took my training on a Monday. I'm going to jump in and make calls on a Tuesday or things like that. But so typically a phone bank training session is where a phone bank trainer would introduce you to the concept of what the phone bank is and walk you through. Now, one of the first things that I noticed when I joined uh, Steve and Ben, uh, and if they're listening to this, they, they will gladly admit this too, is that uh, oftentimes the people that are doing these phone bank trainings are the people that host the phone bank. And a lot of times they don't actually have much experience with actually doing training. So the typical range of ways that, that people do these trainings is either on one end, just giving you a link to the dialer you're supposed to use and maybe like bare minimum instructions and saying, uh, go ahead, jump in, make calls. I'll be here to answer any questions. 
So I call that the jump into the deep end approach. Uh, or uh, sometimes you, you'll get people who uh, give you like a massive dump of information. Like here's everything you need to know about Wisconsin. Here's all the Wisconsin election law <laughs> that you need to know before you make these calls. Huge information overload. And it's typically like somebody who's a really, really experienced phone banker uh, doing this and telling you like all the ins and outs of everything. Um, so this is, this is what I call the subject matter expert uh, uh, trap. The subject matter expert does the training and just kind of just dumps everything in their brain out onto you. And then there's a third approach, which is kind of like the rambling Q&A approach, where the host basically says, does anybody have any questions? And then you're kind of at the mercy for the next 20 minutes or so, totally random rambling questions from everywhere and every, anywhere. Um, so that's kind of like the situation that I found myself in. And, you know, I think for us as trainers, when we see that kind of situation, we kind of like cringe. <laughs> and, and so why is that? What, what is it that, how do we approach training differently? Uh, you know, when, when you ran into one of these, you know, Sherry or Nimat or Nancy, what was sitting in your gut? Like, what, what, what's the approach that you take when you're designing a phone bank training? Nancy, you go ahead. <laughs> I, was say, I mean, I think all three of us from, from the conversations that we've had have a very similar, which is the user-centric approach, right? Like I am the person putting myself in the shoes of the person making these phone calls often for the first time or at least for the first time using this software. And what do I need to know in order to be successful? No more, no less. Right, because we can't dump everything onto them and expect them to actually absorb it. And if we don't give them enough, they're going to end up on the call with somebody who's asking them a question and they don't know how to handle it, and they will panic and decide they don't want to make these calls anymore. So it's really that, like, let me put myself in the shoes of a, of a new caller. What do I need to know to in order to have a good call, in order to, to, to do the right things in the system, in order to feel confident about it? No more, no less. Yeah, definitely. I would say for the training that I do, the the way that I approached it was I first did as many trainings that I would be promoting as possible. I think I did all of them at least once so that I could get a flavor of different styles, what they would expect, the different dialers, so that I could go in and help recommend to people, like, this is what it's going to be like, and here's some decisions that you'll want to make about what's more comfortable for you. Is open BPB a better option for you than through talk? Let's talk about what the differences are. So you can pick the right phone bank that gives you either option and know what you're going to get into. Or I might say, you know, the Zoom call can be really fun. Some phone banks really make it kind of an event atmosphere. They're pinging each other in the chat all the time. And the Nicole Braden one on Monday nights is awesome. I love going to that one. That would be one, you know, I would definitely recommend. You know, so the way that I tried to approach it was to help them make the most informed decision off the bat, but then also the little quirks of what you might experience phone banking. My biggest tip to everyone is always Google the person's name if you don't know how to pronounce it, because if you pronounce someone's name wrong, that is a guaranteed invitation for them to be rude to you. I mean, any rude call that I've had has been based on that, right? So it's little things like that to make them comfortable, to make them realize you will be able to do this. And I'm right up front saying, I've only been doing this for a few weeks, and if I can do it, you can do it too, you know? So I really try to bring the knowledge that I've gained as a new phone banker to them to say, here's what it's going to feel like doing this. And here's the foibles you may run into, but in the end, you're going to be able to do it. And now you're ready to go. You know, you can make an informed decision, not mm -hmm. flying blind. 
Yeah, I totally agree with both Sherry and Nancy. It's just giving them the heuristics, right? What scenario works and what, what should they do so that they can feel comfortable and confident that I can tackle it. So that's yeah. what I focus on. What's How can I keep the content simple enough, but yeah. informed so that they're informed, but also they can take actions based on scenario. And I think one of the things that Swing Left does really well, at least in Wisconsin, I don't know, I imagine it's similar in the other states, but I think the whole concept of having the Zoom, you stay a part of the Zoom the whole time, not just the not just when you're getting trained, but when you're when you're making the calls after training that first time, and then every other time you come back, you're part of a group, and there's always somebody there to answer your questions if you need it. That is a huge difference. Georgia did not do that. They basically did the training, and not even the first call I made, like I, I, I would think the Zoom was over, and then I was making calls on my own, and and I was on my own, and that did not feel good. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's that's a, a big factor too. I totally resonate with all of that. It's a core part of my own training philosophy is that it's all about um, uh, a participant-centered experience. Um, and so for me, a big part of this is, is experience design. Um, and, and so those elements of like putting the person at the center of the experience and then being very, very thoughtful about crafting that experience uh, around them. Uh, so Nancy, I know you have a background in experience design as well. Uh, but uh, in, uh, I mean, you have the back, the professional background in experience design. I'm just an amateur dilettante in that. But um, I, and I think one 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 key difference, uh, one key distinction there uh, for the Swing Left uh, Wisconsin group, um, because not not every other group does this, like you're saying with Georgia, it's it's the experience plus also what's the outcome that we're aiming for, mm-hmm. uh, what's the result that we want, um, so. Uh, can you say a little bit, Nancy, about like how that plays a big factor in shaping the experience? So I think that the result, obviously, the result that everybody is looking for is to have, you know, Trump not be reelected. That's why we're all here. But I also think there's a piece of this that has to do with not feeling alone in our deep concern, maybe panic. <laughs> that people are experiencing and you know a lot of us I think sometimes we feel like we're in a little bit of an echo chamber with our initial set of friends but that this doesn't mean that everybody's actually taking action to to make things different and so when you have this opportunity to meet every week with this group of people that's growing every week but everybody's coming back every week too to to kind of create these relationships with people who feel like you do but also are doing like you're doing and and then you're able to kind of hear each other's results and feel like you know you're making a difference all together you know you're making a difference and that is that's the huge what's in it for me outside of having having to feel like I'm doing something having to do something to feel okay is also being a part of a group that is also that is doing as well yeah absolutely and 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 for me i think that shapes so much of the design choices we make in making these trainings is uh, thinking about that and then working backward from that to be like, okay, if that's the experience we want people to have, if that's the outcome we want to have is that people feel that they're part of a community, people feel uh, confident and and comfortable doing this uh, and supported in doing this. And people feel like they're having um, an experience that they want to come back to and potentially invite others to come join them with. 
those are like the three major pieces to this. Uh, and and then there's a fourth piece to it, which is making people feel like they're having an impact. And one real way to do that is to be like, you're here to do phone banks to Wisconsin. Let's get into understanding Wisconsin and these Wisconsin voters um, and putting the voter, the caller, the person on the other end of the phone at the center of the caller's experience. So for me, it's like the sort of like meta level thing of like, we want to put the the phone banker, the new phone banker, especially at the center of the experience. And we want that new phone banker to put the person they're calling at the center of the experience you know, of the call itself okay. to be like, you know, if, if we want to make a difference here and defeat Trump, we need to really convince these voters and make this make this about the voter and the choice they're making. And if we want the phone bankers to really do that, we need to make it about the phone banker and give them make it about the choices we want the phone banker to make in these calls. So there's sort of like this meta level layering to that. And one thing I want to add, I think what Wisconsin, uh, the uh, string left, uh, the Wisconsin group did well is give us a goal. For example, when we were recruiting for poll workers and poll observers, uh, Steve um, used to present us like, okay, this this is the need, total need, and this is where we are approaching. How much gap we have? That gives you a goal, right? So yes, exactly. Individually trying to do some, but collectively we are making a difference, and I think that was really great for Wisconsin. I didn't see it in any other groups that much. That giving that goal, right? Um, yeah. yeah, and that that's that's a good. We'll come back to that because there's an insight there. But it matters like if the host sets that tone. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, so we'll come back to that in a second. But let's let's um, uh, let's 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 give uh, let's just give a little overview of what these what how have we designed our respective phone banks. Uh, so Sherry, let's start with you. Sure. This, the training for phone bank beginners. Can you give us like just walk us through the structure for that? Yeah. Um, so mine starts out. Well, I found this really funny graphic. Um, searching on Google Images and it says phone bank like your democracy depends on it and I start out because it does and I give just an overview first of why Michigan you know why might you want a phone bank for Michigan what's at stake uh, I define gerrymandering because I had to define it for myself I had no idea what that term meant so we we talk about what's at stake and what's happening in Michigan and then I talk a little bit about why why would you choose to phone bank some of you might be thinking, oh, I can stuff envelopes, I can send text messages, why would I want to do this? We talk about the importance of how that personal connection can really make a difference, can help to swing an election. And then I bring up the, the really mind-blowing statistic of how close the election was in Michigan. Trump won by less than one percentage point, which breaks down to two voters per precinct, that if they had been persuaded to vote or someone had reached out to them could have made all the difference. And that's really just to tell to tell people like, hey, your conversations with people are going to matter. Um, and I would say that word conversation is the thing that I probably repeat the most throughout is that your goal here in phone banking is about trying to have conversations with people. It's not about checking off lists. It's not about reading a script like a robot, you know, you are really trying to make a connection and have a conversation with as many voters as you can, really meaningful conversations if you can. And so everything that I put in terms of tips and, you know, how the flow of the conversation might go is with that in mind, to try to make them as comfortable as possible. I mean, I tell them, you want to follow the script, but make the script your own. 
if something doesn't feel right to say, don't say it because it's going to sound unnatural. One thing I always tell people is even if the script says, oh, how are you doing today? Don't ever ask how someone's doing. They know you don't care. You know you don't care. They're going to hang up on you. So don't do it. Right. So, you know, I try to be somewhat humorous about it, but to make it say like this isn't this shouldn't be super serious, guys. Right. We're all having a hard time now. Even if you did happen to get a Trump supporter on the phone, I have gotten a few of them. Ha let them have a good day too. Let them know that we're humans on the other side of the wall. You know, it's 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 okay. So, what I try to do is is make them excited to do it, um, feel like it's a good experience, and then I walk through like, okay, so how do you get started? Okay, you got to find a phone bank to register for. How do you know that you're registered? You're going to get an email. It's going to look like this. If it doesn't look like this, it means you're not registered yet. And that's really important because a lot of the people that I'm getting are older people who are not comfortable with technology. I'd say most of the people that end up in my training are over the age of 60. And some people have tried to register multiple times and not succeeded because they'd get confused. They don't know to check their spam filter. Um, they didn't quite register for the right thing. So I had one woman who like, I don't know how many times she tried to get started and just couldn't figure it out. So I go through really like, here's how you know you're registered. Before you get started, you're going to need your phone. Yes, you're going to actually use your own phone. You're going to need a computer or some other type of device. You're going to need headphones or a headset because you don't want to do this for two hours. It really bothers you, right? So I try to get into those really obvious things so that they can feel prepared. I give them the overview of here's what the Zoom call is going to be like. Someone's going to be there with you that full two or three hours that you're doing the phone banking. If you have any questions, you can enter things in the chat. We go through scenarios. What happens if this happens? What happens if that happens? And then at the end, I close it out with, these are the candidates that I personally recommend you get started with. Here's when they phone bank. Here's the options. This one only does um, open VPB. This one does open VPB and through talk. This only does it if they get five people. Here's why you might choose this one. Here's why you might choose that one. So now they have all the information they need to immediately start phone making. I give them the one option. That's the anytime. So if you want to start right now, you can sign up on this link. Go ahead. So that gives them all the info. And then they have me. So then if they as they're trying to register or you know running into any issues, they can reach out to me. And I have had some people do that. Like, I don't know if I'm registered. Can you look at this email for me? Um, so I'm like, I'm the hand holder. <laughs> I try to keep them in the net, you know, once we've got so. That's pretty awesome. How, how long does- We could have used Sherry in Wisconsin, I think. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, how, how long does does does, uh, does your training typically take? It's just an hour. It's just an hour, which is just about enough time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's pretty thorough. I don't tend to get a ton of questions at the end. I usually will stay on after the hour, but yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. That's pretty awesome. So that's um, the the structure of the uh, of of your session. It's not actually getting into the phone bank. But it's it's uh, helping people who are brand new to phone banking get familiar with at least some of the basics, even things like check your email spam filter for the registration, things like that. Um, so then on the Wisconsin side, we end up with people who probably should have taken your training. <laughs> <laughs> I should have farmed myself out. Absolutely. Um, and uh, so we have two different types of uh, of training. So uh, Sherry, you mentioned OpenVPB and ThruTalk, and so let me kind of walk through the two different types of phone banks we do. Um, and, and then I kind of want to 
bring Nancy and Nimath into kind of some of the design decisions that we made <laughs> in them. So, um, so, so at, 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 uh, for Wisconsin, we do two different types of phone banks. Uh, one type of phone bank is something called voter protection phone banks. Um, for these voter protection phone banks, the focus has been on calling uh, people who are more likely to be Democrats and getting them to volunteer, We're recruiting them uh, to be either poll observers or for a while we were recruiting poll workers, a paid position. And so these poll workers and poll observers are absolutely crucial to protecting the vote um, in, in Wisconsin. Poll workers because they open up polling stations, poll observers because they, they watch to make sure that voters are not disenfranchised as they come to uh, recruit, uh, as they come to vote. So that's one set of phone banks and we, do, we now do them three days a week. Um, the other set of phone banks uh, has been more about that con- sort of conversational, relational persuasion with voters. Uh, uh, some of them being sort of in the persuadable middle, you know, leaning Democrat, leaning Biden, some of them leaning Trump, occasionally getting a very strong Trump supporter. Uh, so those phone banks are more about sort of conversation building. And then eventually those phone banks transition to a mobilization effort of mobilizing voters to actually go vote, get out the vote. Um, so, so for those two different phone banks, we use two different phone banking systems. So for the uh, the one that's voter protection, that's the simpler system, and that system is called OpenVPB. And so what OpenVPB is is it's a it's a website where you log in and you get a script and a phone number to call, and you call that number using your own phone. And if you couldn't reach the person you click the next button and you get another number and so on. So part of the flow there, the way we I designed the, the, the training for that was following a very, very similar pattern to you, Sherry, was really thinking about, so what's the outcome that I want out of this? Um, in the Wisconsin phone banks, what we do is we, when we start a, a session, we have new people or people who have not phone banked with Wisconsin before. So we have them go into a separate breakout room and then I take them through that. So one of the first things I do there is just orient people into here's what's about to happen. And I ask, is there anybody here who has never phone banked before? Is there a completely new person? Um, and there's usually a few. And what I do is I level set with them of like, you're in the right place. Here are some design features of what why we're doing this. And I tell them a story about my first time phone banking eight years ago when I would phone bank in person. And that what got me over being socially awkward, I was very nervous making calls, was that I was doing this in a room with a bunch of other people and that there was a phone bank host where I could raise my hand and have them come. And so I would tell them, these new people, hey, and that's kind of what we're doing here. That's why we're doing a Zoom session. You'll see everybody, you'll see us talking. And at any point in the chat, you can pop in a question and you can raise your hand. Now I do this specifically pointing at new people but that message is there for the experienced people too, because we have people who will join us from, well, not Michigan now because they're trained, but you know, from say Georgia or Florida, uh, and their experience has been very, very different. They might have had sessions where they're just dumped in and told, you know, off you go. And so for them, it's an eye-opening thing to, or ear-opening thing to be like, oh, this is, well, this is why I've set up this way, and oh, I'm expected to kind of stay in the Zoom session. So then I, I switch gears and I say, that's great. So those of you who are new, you're, you're, you're special to me. You've got a, I've got a dear place in my heart for you. Now, those of you who um, are experienced phone bankers, uh, have you used OpenVPB before? Uh, and if so, then I'm going to orient you to a little bit about why Wisconsin 
and what are we doing with these calls? And then I'm going to give you a link and you can go off and make phone calls yourself. So thinking about the person who's showing up to this, our criteria are if you're new to phone banking or if you're new to us, you have not phone banked with us before, you got to go into this training. So I've got these two different groups of people. And so I kind of orient both of them together. It's like, here's what you, what you can expect. Um, and then I go into a little bit about why Wisconsin. And I show this article about the margin for victory in Wisconsin was just 20,000 votes for Trump. There are about a little less than 2,000 polling stations in, in Wisconsin. So that translates to just under 10 people per polling location. You know, if we had managed to swing just 10 people. And so that's similarly to set that context of like, what you're doing here matters. Phone banking really matters, that, that message. And I set the other message of like, the reason why we're spending time creating this experience for you is because we want you to feel informed, confident. Um, we want you to uh, have a good experience and we want you to come back and bring friends and family. I explicitly state that. In some ways, like in classic training terms, those are the learn that's the learning outcome slide uh, in terms of like, this is what we want to, what we want you to feel. Um, and then usually I go into first just the purpose. Why are we making these calls? What are, what's, what are we going to be asking them? So I like to follow the why, what, how rule of like, First, giving people the why and then the what, uh, maybe giving them a little taste of what the what is going to be, um, and then transitioning to now let's go through the how. How are you going to do this step by step? Uh, for these open VPB calls, the big what is to orient them to be like, this is all good. You're calling to save democracy. You're part of the voter protection team now. But let's be realistic. Nine times out of 10, people are not going to pick up. <laughs> you know, You're only going to reach one out of 10 calls. So if you find yourself calling and calling and calling and it's going to voicemail, don't leave voicemails. If it's going to somebody else is picking up, it's not the person, keep calling. And if you're wondering, why am I not talking to anybody? Look at the number of calls you've made. You know, uh, if you have if you have made less than 10 calls, you haven't hit your magic number yet. So it's got to keep calling. So a big part of that what is just to give them the sense of like, this is what it's going to actually feel like. And then I walk them through the how. And with OpenVPB, the how is really simple. The interface is really, really clear and simple. So I, I, I really love training the open VPB uh, things. And so within about 20 minutes or so, they've got everything they need and they're done uh, and they begin making calls. And I tell them, you know, those of you who are experienced or those of you who have used other stuff before, I give them different uh, pop-off points. You know, I tell them at this point, if you feel comfortable, you can leave the breakout room and go back to the main room. Everybody else, I'm gonna stay here for as long as you need me. I'm your dedicated point of support and so on. So there's that sort of hand-holding feel that I, that I give. And usually we'll have some tech challenge people who will stay through to the end, but we'll come back to tech challenge people in a second. That's the voter protection ones. Ah, <laughs> the other one, the through talk one. Oh my goodness. This has been, I, it has been the most challenging training of my professional career to put together. Um, and, and Sherry knows that the company where I work, I used to be a trader that did really hardcore <laughs> technology engineering training for like the kind of software that people use to design like, you know, aircraft guidance systems. Uh, and uh, even factoring in all of that, the through talk training was the most challenging, difficult, complicated training that I've ever put together. Um, so I'm really proud of where we have gotten it. Uh, you know, it's not there yet. And every, every time somebody tells me, oh, you should try this. I'm like, good idea. I tried it. It didn't work. Fine, I'll try it. You know, um, but okay. So, how does it differ? Similar kind of thing for ThruTalk. The big wrinkle in the works of ThruTalk is that it's an auto dialer. 
Um, and so what the ThruTalk website does is it makes a whole bunch of phone calls while you're waiting. So it turns out uh, similar kind of flow, take new people in, walk them through like anybody new here, anybody experienced it through talk before? Okay, here we go. Why Wisconsin? Here's the margin. What's the purpose of these calls? You're going to be calling to, con to persuade people or mobilize people. Here's typically what's, what the outcomes are going to be. Now let's walk you through how. The, the, the why and the what typically takes about the same time as before, about 10 minutes at the most. The how takes significantly longer for ThruTalk. And it's because partly what, what we do is we first then walk them through an immersive approach of like, here's what the experience is going to be. You're going to be dialing with a dialer. Um, you, you, you have to be ready to, to speak as soon as you hear the bing of the dialer. Um, and so you have to kind of be ready to see where the script comes up. And in the ThruTalk system, it doesn't show you the script until somebody picks up. So you can't kind of like look through the script and get ready. Uh, you have to be ready to talk and then go through the script as the, as the person shows up and talks. So it's a bit of a stressful environment for a new phone banker to be in. Um, and so we go, we go through kind of showing them a quick video first, and then we walk them through step-by-step. Step. Here's what it would look like to log in. Here's the choice you need to make. Here's the script that, that you'll be walking through. Once you're done with the script, here are these other buttons that you have to click. And oh, by the way, ThruTalk will try to throw you off and 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 uh, helpfully- The buttons won't make any sense, but they're there. <laughs> they're there. The buttons won't make any sense. And sometimes they might work and sometimes they won't. Uh, you know. And it's one of these dicey things of like, as much as I want to trash ThruTalk, I can't. You know, uh, I, I have to give these people confidence in the system, you know, so. <laughs> God love you. I could never train anyone on through talk. When I do mine, I I'm tried to be very fair and unbiased, but I also am honest with them. I said, you know, some people find it more challenging. I said, I am not going to get into trying to train you on through talk. Like, that's where we do it. I do the walkthrough with the open VPB because it's so much, but I flat out tell people, I'm like, if it's your first time phone banking and you're concerned about learning new technology, do not start with through talk, you, yeah. you know, because I don't want people to quit. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We had yeah. people where we had to like, uh, yeah, you can join the open VPB, not the true talk. And I think what makes also true talk uh, it's not only the software is complex, but also the script is complex. Yeah. There's so many if, then, else, or decision trees. It's hard to walk them through. It is really complicated. Be able to grasp. Yeah. And you don't know who you're talking to until the phone picks up. That that's yeah. that I don't like. I well, like. There's no, there's no Google name to make sure you can pronounce it right. What it, whatever comes up, you just got to do your best. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, wasn't home. <laughs> I won't even try. I've I've only had a few like that, but I'm not going to start on a call on the wrong foot. No way. So so you can imagine, Sherry, like if that's how you feel, like just even hearing about this, the anxiety, the stress. Oh, a big part of our challenge in the through talk training is to really calm people down and give them the feeling like it's going to be fine, this, and give them confidence in the system and not trash the system, yeah, uh, and and doing it yeah. and not trash the wisdoms either, like. Yeah. The script is complicated, may seem complicated, but it's actually, this is the main purpose for the script and the wisdoms know what they're doing. And to, so to give them confidence in both of those without explicitly saying, uh, trust through talk or trust the wisdoms. Because <laughs> it's like, I have to also have, because I, I have to have a lot, of, a lot of respect for the actual participants yeah. too. They're picking up on like, oh my God, this is a really complex, oh my God, this is a, like, 
you're you're not crazy. You're seeing the right things, you know. Uh, but don't worry, you'll 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 get the hang of it as you go through. And we're here to help you. We're, you this is this is your first time getting into this. Um, after this, you're going to be fully trained. And and I I would tell people like early on, I would say this training, the through talk training, takes about an hour, um, and it's a two hour session. So I, I tell people ahead of time, like in, in the beginning, I'll, I'll tell them, this is going to take about 45 minutes to an hour, but don't worry. You're, uh, the others are making calls while you're doing this. Um, you're not wasting time. Um, this 45 minutes to an hour, this will prepare you. Next time you join us, you can jump right in. You're going to be this experienced, trained phone banker. You're going to be good to go. That is our goal, is to make you feel confident and informed and supported enough to go do this. So I, I, I set set expectations for them. Like this is going to take a little longer than you might have expected, um, and so 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 that's the the structure of that. It's about an hour, and it's a bit more of an immersive walkthrough. And we've had to develop we have we've had to develop a bunch of supporting material for the through talk training, uh, a little cheat sheet guide, uh, you know, um, a uh, you know we need two trainers. To do the through talk trainings, you know, a lead trainer that walks them through the material, and then a support trainer to answer questions in the chat, pop the links in there at the right time, uh, and then both of us hanging behind to take care of tech challenged people. So that's kind of like the big container <laughs> for the through talk thing. Um, the thing for me is that uh, it took multiple iterations to get that flow right. Um, initially, I, I had started it out with like. Let's walk them through the script and then through the interface. And then it was like a bunch of people had questions about the interface. Then I thought, okay, let's walk them through the interface uh, and then the purpose. And it it, it just was kind of like mishmash. Um, and it wasn't until really Nancy and Nimat showed up that I had another sort of, you know, two pairs of eyes and two pairs of ears to uh, give me input. and. And it took us a couple of weeks to kind of dive in, do it together. Um, and so let, let me ask you, Nancy and Nimat, like what was your thinking about that, that through talk training? Uh, what are some design choices you feel that we had to make for that, that um, I don't know, you, you feel proud of, or you feel like it was a good decision? Uh, I think one um, decision, good decision was that adding that two minute clip about what true talk is looks like. I'm not sure Nancy or who found that video clip. Steve, but Steve did. Steve, okay. Yeah. All right. But thanks to Steve, uh, that was. I think that sets up the tone when we play that short video because before we didn't have that clip. Um, so I yeah. saw a remarkable difference uh, between the ideas. Like, oh, okay, this is what it's about. We'll learn the details. Um, so I thought that was one. And the second thing is that step-by-step -step guide. Um, I think uh, step one, what to do and how to get uh, get it starting, that was helpful. So, yeah. That helps people to think, okay, step one, I have to do this. Step two, I have to do it next. What I do, I have to do next. Yeah. So otherwise, yeah, initially, um, when we didn't have that guid guidance, People were like, what am I supposed to do next? They were thinking yeah. now they have something in front of them. Yeah. 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 This was this was truly a collaborative design effort. Like the why what how structure was was my flow idea for it. The the video uh was was Steve's. Um the step-by-step -step guide was Nancy's 
uh, innovation. Um, and, and then Nimat, you actually um, uh, had uh, screenshots you for the different uh, parts of the uh, of, of the slides. There were key moments where you're like, there should be a screenshot here. There's too much text on this slide. And so you had a sort of like user-centered experiential view for that. Um, and I think we could not have done it without all of those. Nancy, what was your experience of like coming into this process <laughs> while it was still being baked? <laughs> Well, I, I was I really love to the fact that you were so open to having more input as opposed to saying here, you know, please just deliver this. Um, so I really, really appreciated that, that you were open to feedback and suggestions on, and improvements. Um, I think the most I think I think one of the things that's really important is teaching the system separate from the script. Usually. You know, usually I would say we want our training to mirror the, the uh, doing as closely as possible, which would lead you towards teaching the script with the system. But the problem is we have to keep in mind who our audience is, and very often there are people who are not technically savvy, and that was going to be way too complicated. So teaching them, okay, here's how you start a call, here's the, like, you you're going to go through the call and we're going to cover the script separately. You actually have your whole conversation and here's how you end the call. Do organizing the, the technology of the system that way and then looking at the script separately, I think, um, is was really important for this audience. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to echo, Nancy, that um, Hari, you are really open for feedback, right? And that is actually a tremendous strength, I'd say, is like, Let's do it together. So I don't want to acknowledge that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, definitely. Like for the open VPB part, I, I felt a lot more confident with that one. Like after the first two weeks, I had that one down pat. And I, I felt, I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, this one, I'm good. And, and you know, uh, I, I, had, I felt confident enough in like my own ability and experience as a trainer and my, my own gut instinct as to why I put it together that way. Um, so with the open VPB part, I was more like, here you go. <laughs> For the through talk part, I, I was like, oh, wow, this is a huge, ch I don't know. I'm trying things. And the I was drawing on all of my experience and resources. So like, man, the learning outcomes approach doesn't work. Man, the, the usual like learn by doing thing doesn't work. Uh, oh, how do I do this? And so when when you both joined, I, I it was definitely this the sense of like, I don't think I, it didn't even enter into my mind to do it any other way of like, uh, at, at that point, I did. I didn't feel like I had for you something that that I had been designed. Um, I I had to respect you as fellow trainers. I, I remember the first call I had with you, Nancy. Steve was on that call too, mm -hmm. um, and to, to give an overview, and uh, and I, I wanted to kind of walk you through trainer to trainer um, what the what what the design situation was, uh, and Steve wanted to like jump into details, and I had to tell him like Steve. I kind of want to have a talk with Nancy as a trainer. And Steve was really good about like, oh, you know what? How about you call me when you guys are done? <laughs> you know. And so Steve steps, steps aside. And I really see Steve as a subject matter expert. You know, so once Steve stepped aside, I, 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 kinda, I felt like I could tell you like, okay, here's the deal. You know, you're seeing a trainer in the middle of putting a training together. Like the training is not complete. Here's where it is at so far. Here's the metrics I have to say it sucks. <laughs> you know, we're not there yet. Uh, and here's the learning challenge I'm facing. Help. <laughs> 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 you know, kind of thing. 
And it was one of those things of like, I felt very vulnerable there because bringing you both into that moment of like, okay, we're going to do this and we don't have the luxury of an extended design cycle on this. This was sort of like, you know, design thinking on the fly. Like, so I was approaching it from that perspective of like, let's mock something up, iterate. Let's mock something up, prototype it, iterate. Let's mock something up, prototype it. So I, I went to a version control system right away of like, versioning each of these, saving slides, saving screenshots. Because I'm like, all right, let's try this. Ah, shit, it doesn't work. Let's go back and find a slide, put it back in. Um, and and feeling really vulnerable of like showing you like my work in progress. I'm like, oh, like, oh, Nancy probably thinks this is crap. Oh, the fonts are all off. Oh, no. You know, and, and you'd give this guidance of like, hey, have you considered this? I'm like, yeah, and I totally forgot to do it. <laughs> so... <laughs> So thank you both for like being really kind and thoughtful and considerate and giving your feedback. So, um, all right. So that's how that came together. And <laughs> that's the story behind that. So um, it, we, let's take like, just a few minutes. Uh, we kind of went through uh, a bunch of detail here. Let's get into some of the things we've learned, the lessons we've learned the hard way. I think we covered a little bit of that in terms of like the, the design over here. Um, Let's talk about participants. Uh, what are some things that that uh, you've learned that, um, what are some things that surprised you about some of the participants that showed up in, a, in our in our trainings? And so what ways have they challenged us to do better as trainers? And what ways have we, <laughs> have we been like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, what ways have we, have, were there some participants that made you rethink your decision, your, you know, like our noble decision, this is how I can have an impact. Oh my God. Can I really have an impact on these? Oh, my God. So, uh, Nimat, go ahead. I think I never expected to, uh, I respect the participants. They are here to help and make a difference. But I didn't expect it to be, to encounter so many tech-challenged people. (laughs) So I was like, what? How is that possible even? This is like 2020. Um, so I, I do respect them, but it's just I never expected that that part because mostly because I work in tech field, so it's, my expectation is definitely different. Um, so when, when you said when you said tech challenged, I, I, I hear you. I've been there. Give us a taste. What are some things that you're like? Oh, this is really severely tech challenged. <laughs> for example, how do I download Chrome? For example, like TrueTalk, like we have to use either Chrome or um, Firefox browser. And some of them had default Safari or Internet Explorer. Like, how do I download Chrome? That was the question. I was like, mm, I, okay. I mean, we got through it, but that was initially a shock, right? Yeah. <laughs> For me. The, whole, the whole, how do you, like, Zoom is taking up my whole screen. I screen. can't like, escape. Oh, yes. Escape. <laughs> how do I unmute myself? How do I change my name in the Zoom call? Yeah. Here, let me do it for you. What would you like to be called? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zoom is take exactly. Other one is Zoom and browser going back and forth. It's like, oh my god, I, how do I teach that? <laughs> so, I think uh, the thing that surprised me the most is the people who seem to sign up for things and don't actually know what they're signing up for. Like they're not actually reading what they're signing up for. I don't know if they're just going in and like, yeah, sure, I'll sign up for all this stuff. You know, signing up for my session more than once. Clearly, you didn't read the ah. description because you don't need to do a one-on-one more than once, my friends. 
but I've had those. Yep. <laughs> and then I've had experienced people who've come to mind. I'm like, I'm not sure why you're here, but all are welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have been really surprised by the persistence yes. of these volunteers. Yeah. Even the ones that are most technically challenged, they don't give up. They yeah. don't say, oh my gosh, this is this is beyond me. Like I'm not gonna get it. I can't the, the, the one who wins that prize for me was the gentleman at my first the first week that I did it by myself, right? after I watched you, Hari, the next week when I actually ran it and Nimat was supporting. And he was so technically challenged that it took him the entire hour and 40 minutes. And he still hadn't made a call because he was so technically challenged. But he actually came back the next week and and had good good conversations. I couldn't believe he came back. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, the persistence is amazing to me and beautiful. Like, thank God. Yes, yes. No, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, it has amazed me. Like, yeah, both sides. Yes, like they came back, right? They didn't give up. That that was the big thing. Yeah. Definitely. For me too, like some of the really, uh, you know, elderly people showing up, really struggling um, and not giving up, you know, and, and that was that was inspiring for me. There was, um, uh, on, that's on one side. And on the other side, uh, it revealed to me like my own kind of like stereotyping bias, like, okay, this person is elderly, this person is going to, and uh, there was one at one session where uh, somebody was running into a strange thing in through talk where uh, it was, there was a spinning wheel. It was just not connecting. And both Nimat and I are like, oh, have we tried this? Have we tried that? And then one of the more older people uh, heard us saying this. So she stopped calling and chimed in and she said, oh, there's this setting on the top left and you should click there and do this and it works. Amazing. And this is a person who had not trained before, who had, this is her first time doing phone banking. Wow. Uh, and yeah. we're like, Oh, you are amazing. You know? <laughs> and then, then there have been so many people like this. There was this, there was this one woman who joined and uh, it was just annoying. Uh, you know, it was like, okay, how do I, your zoom is taking up too much of my screen. How do I get it to, to shut down? Hit escape. Okay, it's gone. Oh, now I see the script. Great. Okay, now come back to the chat. Where is it? I don't see it. Uh, click on the Zoom window. I don't see the Zoom window. Oh, uh, <laughs> find the Zoom. To- okay, uh, I'm trying to, it's not working. And at some point I had to tell her, you know, it, this is probably just not your night. You, you know, <laughs> you might want. And she, she goes, and she, she had, at that point said, you know, I'm so frustrated right now. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to stop. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, you know, try our open VPB ones and so on. I just felt bad, right? So she still had her had her uh, sound on. She wasn't muted, um, and uh, that was fine. Like everybody else was muted, and they were they were making calls, so they couldn't hear her. But she didn't she didn't have her. So I I could hear her husband say, "So what are you going to do this?" And she goes, "Fuck." <laughs> and the guy goes, "What happened?" Fuck it, Jim. Uh, <laughs> and says. This thing isn't working. Oh fuck! I wanted to make calls today, uh, and she said, oh, "Let me try downloading Chrome. I'll do it." You know? And and she did not realize that she was still signed into Zoom because she probably had like Zoom hidden, right? Right. right. Uh, so at some point, I'm watching her do this, 
Okay, uh, because she has no idea her camera is on. You know, she's like clicking around, like I'm gonna download this thing, and she downloads it. And I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, okay, there's 15 minutes left to go before we debrief. But I'm curious, is she gonna do it? And so she she then realizes, like, okay, oh oh, she clicks on the on the thing, and and then she goes, Hari, are you there? I'm like, yeah, I've been watching you all along. She goes, really? You know, like, and, and, and I go, yeah, what's up? She goes, I think I installed it. Can I, can I try? I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Let's, I'm, I'm going to be with you. Let's do it. And so she, I walk her through the login and it, it, it was like, it's telling me I already have an email. I don't have an email address for this. I'm like, try it, try to try a different one. I, I, I have faith in you. You can do this. And she, she, she did it. She began making calls and she actually ended up making 10 calls and talked ah! to, to you know, talked to two people and actually got people, somebody, the voter assistance hotline. So she was super proud of herself. Aww. So just before everybody came up, come up and she was like, she said, I, I, you know, I'm ashamed to tell you this, but I was so frustrated that I was swearing at my husband. I'm like, <laughs> I heard you, you know, <laughs> really? I said, yeah, you said, fuck, you said, fuck it, Jim. You said, I'm going to give a fucking, <laughs> she was so embarrassed, but it was so inspiring to see her just like persist and do it, you know, so um the 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 um uh so that's that's some of the, the, <laughs> there's there's then there's been this like there's been the what i call the karen uh type uh there are some participants who will nitpick your training and they'll tell you like oh you should have moved the slide to the first or you know what you should really do you should have put a guide together you know what you really should do you should just be a better trainer. You know? <laughs> so uh, uh, then there's the uh, the person that's like, is this training going to take a long time? Because I already know everything I I, I need to know. I, I don't I don't really need training. I'm going to be good. And then two minutes later, they're back saying, actually, I have a question on such and such. We well, actually just got an email from someone who complained that the training took too long. And I'm following up with her because... I'm guessing it was probably a training for through talk, given the amount of time that she said. But, you know, her complaint was, well, you should have started um, you should have started a breakout room for the new people right away so that because they complained that they weren't able to start the calling until an hour in. So now because of that, she says she doesn't want to do it anymore. And I'm thinking, but you just you're trained now. So I, yeah. I sent her a link and I'm like, hey, there's an, there's an anytime option where you don't even have to go on a Zoom call. You can do it whenever you feel like it. But I just, I found that very off-putting that yeah. they would say that, you yeah. know, oh. like <laughs> if you didn't feel you needed it, no one was keeping you in that training. <laughs> I'm kind of bored at the number of people who don't have like the social awareness to recognize that when they're in the training, they're asking questions that are unique just to them and they're taking up everybody else's time to ask the questions that are only unique to them. Like they don't, they don't get it. And even when you sort of nudge them along, they still keep asking. It's like, this is not a private session for you. Like the whole, we need to get the whole group done. It's interesting to me how many of those people we sort of mm. run into. Yeah, you know this. This segues to the next piece, which is um, this this whole thing about doing these over Zoom, and and I've noticed like these three different patterns. One is that um, 
going back to uh, people getting you know, uh, annoyed that it takes too long for new people to get broken out into a breakout session. And there's two elements to that. One is that the hosts themselves not realizing that they're putting together a training experience, an experience for people. And where if they had, if they were doing this in real life, you know, if there was like a room that they were having, um, you know, they wouldn't set it up as like, oh, just come as you are, have, get, grab a seat whenever, you know, wander. They would set up some structure to it. You know, they would have a little bit of a welcoming spiel and they would have people go in. But for some reason, when it's Zoom, they just kind of, you know, let themselves just get into like miscellanea. And speaking of like people not having social awareness, sometimes it's returning callers who don't have the social awareness that there may be other new people joining. And so returning callers sometimes interrupting right away with the host in the intro spiel saying, Steve, are there any updates? I want to get calling right away. Can you put the link in the chat now? Uh, you know, and or Steve, What's going on with the XYZ really detailed issue thing question that some voter had last week? You know? Yeah. (laughs) And in addition to social awareness, there are people like all the trainings that we do are instructed by Wisconsin Democrat. I'm talking about the Wisconsin ones. Like there are certain things we are just following their instructions, but people will criticize those. Like we are just messengers here, right? We are going to follow them, but like, why are we not leaving voicemail? (laughs) That's a big one. (laughs) That's that's Oh, the voicemail (laughs) complaining. Yeah. We're Uh, all familiar with that. Oh, the voicemail complaining. The other thing that really took me by surprise is the hosts themselves. Um, speaking of tech challenged, one of the things that really surprised me was hosts that did not know, did not do the basics of like setting up a breakout, setting up Zoom with a breakout session, sending the wrong Zoom link <laughs> to people. <laughs> uh, 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 when creating the breakout session, creating too many breakout sessions and and just like uh, all kinds of, so it's like, it's it's bad enough when a, a a person shows up to be a phone to be to phone bank and they're tech challenged. Uh, it surprised me that sometimes hosts signed up to host a phone bank for the first time ever, and were so tech challenged. Um, uh, well, I think this is one of the challenges of an all volunteer network, right? Because you don't really feel like you have the ability to say, you know what, this seems like it's it's too much, and we're going to have somebody else do it. Because honestly, that's what really needed to happen, Hari. By the time, like, by the time it was three weeks in a row, I mean, yeah. honestly, by the time it was two weeks in a row, we should have been like, yeah, I don't think so. But, but it's, um, it's a volunteer network, and maybe we don't have other people waiting in the wings who want to be hosts. And so here we are at the like sixth week of of an issue every week. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That that's one of the big learnings from this. Is yeah. huh. Uh, yeah, it's volunteer run. And there was this fine boundary of like wanting to respect and nurture other people. And, you know, like all of us who are stepping up beyond just doing phone banks, uh, even, the, even the people who are showing up just to do phone banks, respecting that they're trying to get involved and do something. You know, 10 weeks ago, I was just like them. I wasn't doing anything except sitting on my butt, doom scrolling, uh, you know, and to be like, okay, at least this is a person who took that next step to try to do something. So respecting like, you know, but maybe they chose the entirely wrong thing. This person clearly just is inept at social cues, making calls. All right. But at least they're here. How can I nurture them? Similarly with the hosts, like, 
okay, they've taken that extra level of responsibility and saying, okay, I feel moved to try to scale things and 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 put this together. All right, how do I how do we uh, encourage them and nurture them? Um, and then there's there's people that 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 want to be trainers, you know, and want to train. And after a while, you realize, no, they're just not. They're, they're, they're probably going to do more damage than <laughs> in training this. Um, and then there's that line of like, uh, how do I pay it forward? You know, how how many times has somebody taken a chance on me? <laughs> you know, and, and said like, okay, Hari clearly is not cut out for this, but let's give him a chance. Um, and balancing all of that with this isn't one of those things where I can think about a career development plan for this person and like, okay, next year. There's like, within three weeks, the election is going to be over. We only have a finite amount of time. And there's this person might actually do damage <laughs> to voters if we let them do this. or to. Um, and there's that like, when do we get the hosts to realize? Um, and that that sometimes it's the hosts themselves that need some guidance on like, hey, you know what? I'm here to train new people, but I think I need to give you some training too on how to structure the, the session. Um, that's been a, a, a learning, uh, something I've learned from doing that. Um, anything else that, that you wanted to, any, any other learnings that you had before we transition to like the joys and closing this thing out? Thinking about like, where you were 10 weeks ago, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, how we, how would you say you all feel now as, as trainers? Um, you know, Sherry has quote unquote, never been a professional trainer before. Uh, you know, Nimat is, is a coach. Um, Nancy, you're experienced, experienced trainer on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, but for all four of us, I, I wonder if, each of us has feels ourselves having grown a, a bit as a trainer. Um, so let me go around and ask, how have you feel you've grown as a trainer in the past several weeks of doing this? So for me, the, the biggest challenge of this training is, you know, typically when I would do systems training, the people would be able to be using the system while I'm training them to use the system. But we can't do that in Zoom, right? You can't be in Zoom and be going through the system and be watching me go through the system, right? Whereas in live systems training, you can do that. So that's like a very a constraint in this. And then typically you have, when you're creating training for an organization, you can organize the groups or whatever by um, experience level. So you have a group that's more homogeneous in terms of their experience and background so that you can gear it to the right level and you can adjust that from group to group. There's none of that with this. You get whoever you get. And they're all over the board, right? So uh, I think that, you know, this really has stretched my um, patience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a lot of it because um, yeah, because there and everyone here is a volunteer, right? And so no one, no one, and we want everyone to have a great experience. And so meeting, trying to meet everybody where they are and bring them forward to that same endpoint and have it be a good experience for them, um, it's challenging. It's really challenging, and it requires a lot of patience. And I'm so grateful for Nima to be um, 
the tremendous support and I, we couldn't do it without a second person in, in the room. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was thinking like one thing is when I work for a company, like I'm part full-time employee there, right? So the domain is known to me. Mm-hmm. And one thing that challenged me is like everyday information is changing, like Wisconsin, like not only uh, Wisconsin Democratic Party's directions, but also so many moving parts. Um, so I used to be like first session I was terrified oh my god what if I don't know this answer or what if I don't know the recent information so it kind of like I had to learn I don't have to have all the answers I I can just like you know what I don't know it does anybody in the room know it or or give a pause like we'll research on it right so that's my my self-learning part you don't necessarily always have to have the answers it's rather better be quiet than giving a wrong answer uh, that um, I had to get comfortable with. Because even in my own department or group, I pretty much know everything, um, uh, what's going on in the company. Uh, that's my self-learning part. And uh, second thing is that collaboration. Like it's always key, even in uh, any project that I do, I always say collaboration is the key to success. And in this case also, it's like all the trainers collaboration that we did and having a partner, um, a co-trainer, with you it's tremendous help so it, it just it's not a new learning but it emphasizes how collaboration is a key to success um i guess for me i i think i've realized sort of what my niche is which is to get people excited and engaged to feel empowered that they can do something to make it seem fun not intimidating I'm thankful that I have not had to do through talk training. I don't think I would want to. I don't think I'd be good at it. I don't think that I could hide my feelings about the system, right? So I think what this has definitely taught me is to kind of go with go with what's what works for you, right? Um, don't try to do something that maybe isn't in your wheelhouse. But you know, we are all volunteers, right? So I guess if they ever did ask me to do it, I probably would have found a way. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, um, there, the, it, this was a, I, I think the, some of the ways it grew me as a trainer is, is definitely the, the patience piece. Um, uh, and it's interesting because I haven't really thought of myself as a patient trainer. Um, but looking back, you're so right, Nancy, like when I've done these trainings in person, um, there's that luxury of seeing somebody do something, watching them do it, and giving myself some time to decide how am I going to come alongside them and very intentionally have that come alongside feel to it. Um, and uh, we got trained as trainers of like stepping away from the stage and to be alongside as facilitators um, and to take that moment of coming alongside somebody who's struggling and to feel their struggle, that empathy of what they're struggling with. And realizing that over Zoom, I couldn't do that. And finding myself like really having to do a lot of diagnosing on the fly and and getting really, really sort of just being very careful as to what my facial expression was gonna show as doing that. Uh, you know, uh, because I'd, people would be like, oh, I'm so sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I promise I'm usually better with this, I'm, I can't. Like it's okay. I'm here, 
And multiple times now, I've had people tell me, like, uh, usually at the end of the, you know, everybody else is already training. I'm like, you are so patient. You're such a patient person. You're so, and I would like crack at you like, oh, yeah, somebody should tell my ex that, you know. <laughs> but but um, uh, so that's one thing I've learned. It's like, oh, I do have the capacity to be patient and, and kind. <laughs> uh, the other thing I like to say is that, you know, if necessity is the mother of invention, constraints are the parents of innovation. And this weird constraint of being in Zoom and not seeing what they're seeing and really feeling this empathy gap of like, how do I, and the initial uh, nudge, the impulse is to be annoyed and like shocked and like surprised. How could you not do this? How could you not know where to find Zoom? How, what kind of a fool, you know? And to stop myself even before thinking that and to, because if I were actually seeing them in person, um, uh, the empathy the empathy gap is a lot narrower. It's easier for me to bridge that. Here, this is huge empathy divide. Zoom introduces this. All you're seeing is just their face. You can't see what their environment is. So you can't empathize with them. It's, it's harder to empathize. So I found myself doing things like asking people, can you call me and, and let's do a video call on your phone and then flip the camera on your phone and show me your screen. Uh, oh, you, you got to click down there. Oh, there's a little notification on your browser that tells you this. Um, that has like, uh, for me, uh, that was an innovation that helped me realize, oh, that's my instinct as a trainer. I got to lean into that. I got to find ways uh, to empathize more, uh, to imagine what the world is from their perspective and to lean into that even more. So, so if we do make it out of this apocalypse, Hopefully that'll be that'll be a, a thing I can use in my training going forward. Um, let's let's end this on a on a high note. Um, we already talked about some 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 participants that uh, are some of our favorite stories. Um, I want to share with you a story of a of a phone banker who convinced a Trump supporter. So, so uh, gets on the call, Trump supporter picks up. Uh, and the Trump supporter is a woman in Wisconsin who tells our caller, oh, you know, you're wasting your time. I'm the strongest Trump supporter in this entire county, yada, da, 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 da. And uh, so our caller sticks with our instructions and says, okay, uh, what's an issue that you care about? <laughs> and this Trump supporter goes, Medicare, you know, like Biden... <laughs> Biden is going to destroy Medicare's radical socialist plan to destroy Medicare, you know, and so our caller goes, no, that's, did you know that it's actually Trump's plans to destroy Medicare? Da, 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 and she ends up having this conversation. At the end of the conversation, the Trump supporter goes, you know, I did not know that. Um, I'm going to watch the debates carefully now. And if it's true, what you say that Biden is the one who actually has a plan, I guess I'm going to be voting for Biden. And so, oh so that's one of those things where I'm like, yeah. Uh, and, and so many callers that persisted had that thing of like, I'm going to come back now. You know, thank you for, for, for your patience. Going back to my why, like of wanting to have an impact and defeating Trump by scaling the effect we have, the number of new people that we can get trained up and feel confident in having those kinds of conversations, those are the the moments that make me feel like, oh yeah, it, 
I'm I'm doing my part. I'm I'm trying to use my skills in that way. So, what are some other some other examples that come to you? Let me ask you. Uh, given your wise, uh, do you feel like you you've been able to channel and have an impact over the past few weeks? I think for me, it's been the personal conversations that I've had. Like I've had people take me up on the offer to talk outside of the, the formal training. You know, so I've had a few phone calls. I've had a few email exchanges. And then to hear, oh, so-and-so was at Nicole's training and they really enjoyed it. And, you know, to know that it made a difference for them and that they were able to be successful. Um, hearing that, I always ask people to get back to me, how did it go? You know, are you still phone banking? Um, so I've, those have been the most rewarding experiences for me is hearing the successes that people are having and that they're enjoying it and continuing. That's awesome. And that mm. ties back to your why. Your why was to help people have conversations. Right. And yeah. Right. Yeah. I do feel at the end, like at the end of the session, we always have those debrief conversations. How did it go? And that's when I felt like most like, okay, we did something together, right? Um, for example, uh, I used to train the open DPB to recruit poll workers and poll observers. Um, and we don't do that now because it's just only nine days out. Uh, but collectively, when we looked at the number of calls we made and the number of poll observers and poll workers we recruited, right, which is helpful with concepts like, yes, we made something, we did something. That excites me. And the second thing that joy is seeing those people that we talked about. People are persistent, right? They come back and they do it. And I, But I see the familiar faces every week. That gives me so much joy. Oh, I know you. I know you. Um, that's that's really um, powerful. Yeah. yeah. And so that's that's the that connects to your why of like wanting to do more and have an impact and. Yeah. Um, my, my my ultimate impact is if Trump is out, but we have no control over that. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that, that will be more. <laughs> yeah. If we do. I, mean, I I do think it says something that there are so many people who are doing something now for the first time in their lives towards a an election. And it's funny because I think a lot of people have that story about Obama's first term, that they were, you know, so inspired. It's, it's interesting, like, um, there were a lot of people who were inspired to do, to, to support Obama's campaign and to, to get involved then in order to bring him to office. But I don't, I don't think that they, they were inspired by the hope of what he had, whereas now we are terrified by the prospect of a, a, a Trump re-election. And, um, and so it's a very different, it's a different motivator, it's a different drive, it's a different like thing, it's, it's, one is being drawn and the other is being pushed, right? And, um, and it makes me feel really hopeful that if this many people can get involved for the first time ever in their lives about an election, then maybe, maybe, maybe we have a chance really um, to get this done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, amen to that. So that's on my mind too. Like here we are nine days out. You know, so closing this all out of, you know, so how are you how are you feeling in your in your stomachs in your minds in your in your hearts nine days out you know if somebody from the future were to hear you what is it that you would want them to know 
about what's going on in your minds right now. How do you feel about this election? What's the feeling that you've got and the feeling you've got about the work you've put into this? Um, I have no control over the results, right? So all I know that at the end of the day, I can say that I did something. I didn't just sit aside or, or, or was a spectator or being a cynical about the whole process. It's just, I, I did my best and, and that would be my only thing. And of course, I'll be looking forward to the midterm elections. I know I'll have to do take more action towards that so that at least we can do some impact, make some impact during the midterm, right? So it's it's a never ending process. I'm just feeling like I'm, I'm trying to keep myself away from the zone of it doesn't matter which way the election goes, all hell is going to break loose. And that's what I'm having the hardest time with. Like, and I think part of why I decided to volunteer in this election was to at least feel that I was participating, that I was contributing my energy to the cause, right? Not just sitting back and complaining and being an armchair warrior, but actually doing something productive, but I'm feeling extremely burnt out at this point and I just want to run away <laughs> and plan to. I'm taking the week of the election off and I'm going to New Hampshire and we'll see what happens. I don't even know if I want to watch the election. I think I like literally don't want to watch like the news until Thursday, Friday. See, okay, so what happens? <laughs> yeah, so I'm feeling very trepidatious, I will admit. I... I would say I'm terrified, but hopeful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, truly, you know, we just got back from being out of the country for two years in June. We just got back. And I looked at my husband and said, you know, if he wins, we might have to go again. Like the, the, <laughs> the, the job fairs are at the end of November, beginning of December. So we'll know by then. <laughs> The way I think it, we have to fight. Keep on this good fight. We have to bring some good trouble. That's it. Yeah. I, I feel, um, uh, yeah, I feel anxious, um, nervous, uh, low-grade depression, as Michelle Obama puts it, um, I feel, um, strangely, I don't feel exhausted. I feel, um, I feel like we have done so much work these past 10 weeks. Um, and like, like Nima, I feel like, okay, you know, have I done enough? I don't know. Um, have I done my best? I think so. But can I do more? I I think I can. And for me, it's like there's there's so much I can't control over what happens after the election. But for me, it's like there's still nine days where there are things I can control. Uh, there are things I can do to motivate people to make more phone calls over the next nine days. Um, I'm actually, I just signed up. I got so inspired by people signing up to be poll observers and talking to people about becoming poll observers that I signed up to be a poll observer. So I'm going to drive to Wisconsin uh, next week. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. So to be a poll observer on election night. And and I'm realizing that part part of why is that the, the feeling in the pit of my stomach 
is is I'm I'm feeling PTSD and flashbacks from election night four years ago, and feeling it was a there was a election night watch party at a neighbor's house, uh, and I was surrounded by neighbors and friends, um, and I felt so alone. Um, uh, and I think a lot of people were just so alone and so terrified, even in groups. Um, and so part of what's, what's driving me, what I feel in the pit of my stomach right now is, is just this, like, I've got nine days. I'm going to pour everything I have over these next nine days. I'm going to drive to Wisconsin. I'm driving alone. I'll, I'll be in a polling location, uh, helping count ballots. So I can't see the news, <laughs> you know, I'll actually be helping create the news of like, so when you're watching and it's and on the news, it says yep. Wisconsin absentee ballots are taking forever. Like, you'd be like, oh, that's Hari. That's why Hari is, you know, gumming up the works again, you know, uh, him and his like 49 slide deck, you know, <laughs> trainings. Um, and the next morning, Wednesday, I have to get on the road and drive right back because my ex wants me back to do childcare on Thursday. So I'm not gonna, I, I've realized it's because I'm deliberately putting myself in a situation where I won't feel alone and, and paralyzed. Like I have to be in that polling location. I have to count votes. A friend of mine asked me like, why you, why are you going to a COVID hotspot? Why, you know, I'm like, it's not because I want to be some kind of hero. It's because I literally don't want to be alone and I want to be doing something useful <laughs> you know, with my hands. Uh, so that's how I feel. I feel like I'm doing something crazy because uh, the prospect of being alone and watching him win uh, is just too terrifying. I I need to put myself out there. Yeah. And on that note, I just want to thank all of you, uh, the three of you who've, who've been part of this journey the past ten weeks. You, you each, I, you know, we we each have done so much together and separately. Uh, and, and I, and I, so I especially just want to thank you all. Um, thank you, Sherry, for, uh, uh, you know, immediately taking me up when I sent out that email saying, Hey, David wants uh, extra help. Um, thank you, Nimat, for like, you know, when Steve and I were like, Nimat, can you help out with this? And like, yes, your email was like, anything I can do to defeat that, that orange <laughs> menace. Yes. You know, uh, and thank you, Nancy, for coming on board, uh, you know, diving into a, a, a project that was less than half-baked and seeing my totally messy, you know, training and, and taking it to just an amazing level. Uh, it's been a real joy to work with all three of you. And so uh, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just really, really thankful for everything that you all have done. Thank oh, you. Thank, thank you. you so much, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends. Oniva, onward, together. <laughs>